Welcome to Music Ranked, a special production from the Toddcast Podcast. Each month, Todd and I review some of our favorite bands and musical acts. Stemming from a list Eric made a decade ago, he created an algorithm to see who exactly was his favorite band. Now, I do extensive research and rate and review every song. We talk about our memories and artist histories. At the end, we will have all music Music ranked. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. This morning, I've got Eric on with me, and uh, I believe Eric would like to talk to us uh, a little bit more about his music project. Uh, In particular, I think we're starting with number one. Is that right, Eric? That is correct. We had a discussion last week, uh, or several weeks, depending on when you decide to uh, drop the wonderful episodes. <laughs> right. But for for the most part, you and I discussed uh, music in general, and uh, maybe a little bit of what we enjoy, what we like, and then we started deep diving into a current project in which I'm ranking all of my... Um, I guess all the musical artists and acts out there, but I'm doing it from a list that I created back in 2007 and I'm kind of going down the line and I have a pretty systematic formula for doing that. But door, you know, since I'm doing this all on my own for fun, we kind of had the discussion. Well, we enjoyed talking about music. You and I have similar, some similar interests in music, but I think in general we can respect um, our differences uh, in, in taste, but also, you know, maybe be, um, you know, recommended or have suggestions for the other one. So since I'm doing a lot of this work and we enjoy talking about it, figured it might make sense that you and I kind of, uh, kind of go down the list and we can talk about individual artists and, um, the, the back history of those or things I've learned about them or your general, you know, knowledge on certain groups and kind of make it a thing where we go, you know, go back and forth and just talk about general, artists and number one on my list from 2007 uh was the beatles yeah so the beatles are you know clearly i've known about them you know my whole life dad listened to the beatles you know beatles have been on you know every radio station ever almost it seems and they're they're damn good i dare say i I do agree um again we have very similar tastes in music um but there are some variations i don't know that i'd necessarily put them as my number one um not that I have anything against them, uh, just sort of a taste thing. And I guess the other factor that factors in, that kind of goes into that is um, for all intents and purposes, as far as their, you know, as far as their music is concerned, like I was aware of it, I've heard some of it, but I really only discovered the Beatles sort of in their entirety within the past year or two, I must, I must say two years. Um, like I'd heard it was on the radio. Yes. Yeah. You're a grown ass man. You should be ashamed <laughs> of yourself for not <laughs> discovering the Beatles, especially since you've, you, you're into technology. You have obviously, you know, oh, yeah. iPhones, iPods through the years. And this is the first that you, I mean, Beatles have been slammed in your face for years. What ha, what created oh, you? Oh, it's embarrassing. Don't, yeah. Like what started <laughs> don't this? Don't get especially me wrong. Since, no. You know, your younger brother. Love the Beatles. Uh, I believe even like, you know, uh, Crystal, our sister. At least I know Janie, her daughter, loves the Beatles. Like where? Janie's you a know. huge Beatles fan. Oh, yeah. So at some point in time, I mean, she might have discovered the Beatles before you. So where, where, it's, it's why? Possible. Why did so, this happen about two years ago? So I, I got nobody to blame but myself for not, you know, getting into them sooner. 
but I think I can safely blame you. Blame's not the right word, but blame you for deciding to, you know, get on. Um, and I, I guess it goes like this. Um, you know, growing up, like I said, I've heard them. You know, it's, it's not like I've never heard the Beatles or who are these Beatles of which you speak. Like, I, I know about them. I've heard them. Um, but my, my, my tastes have traditionally run more towards um, classic rock in sort of the, the hard rock sort of range of things. Uh, I'm, I, I've, I've, you know, been more of a, a Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, The Doors kind of, you know, that more of that kind of sound. Um, dipping occasionally over into, you know, some sort of psychedelic stuff. And in uh, particularly in recent years, I've kind of, you know, gotten into, you know, art rock and prog rock, you know, your, your rushes and yeses and super tramps and that sort of a thing. Um, and where I wasn't listening to that, it was, you know, there have been points where I've been, you know, heavy into punk or, or metal or that sort of a thing, you know. And then there's the, you know, the weird offshoots where, you know, I like, you know, some Harry Connick Jr. I like listening to Tori Amos and, you know, uh, you know. During my youth, I was heavy into, you know, what what we would call the grunge type thing. So I think what it is, is growing up and what I was listening to a lot of a lot of music, particularly, you know, classic rock, older music type stuff. Um, a lot of the Beatles that I'd heard was their older stuff, the I want to hold your hand kind of stuff, which is definitely a different vibe. You know, it's 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 more of an. an a, a, less classic rock in my brain and more like oldies, which has never been a thing I was into. And so I think in my brain, I just, that's what the Beatles were. They were, they were like, you know, kind of like really early rock and roll, like almost oldies rather than classic rock. And so I just never pursued it. Like I said, I've never had anything against the Beatles. I just never got into them because I never got into them. I never like, Oh, let me get their albums and listen to them in their entirety. Now I will say, um, probably, mid to late 90s i did get sergeant peppers and i enjoyed that and i played the crap out of sergeant peppers and i liked that and i'm like okay this this is beatles i can get into um but yeah it just wasn't until a couple years ago and i think it was probably a conversation with you where you were talking about you know the beatles it may have been the conversation where you were telling me about your list and when we first started talking about all the ranking stuff and you were you know singing the praises of the beatles and i'm like you know i'm a of, you know, 40-year-old dude, I should probably, you know, check this out. And then I finally did, and, you know, I do like it. I, you know, I'm, I, I, I am a fan. So does, yeah. that, does that paint the picture? No, I think it does. my it's, embarrassment? <laughs> yeah, I think it's similar. And, and I think more, more than a few people probably would even come across this, because when you look at what the Beatles, the Beatles kind of came around in the early 60s, mid-60s, and they created what was then your British Invasion, uh, type style music, which would be like your, you know, um, I saw her standing there or, you know, uh, I want to hold your hand or she loves you, which is totally different than like through time where you'd probably say um, Sergeant Peppers. I'd probably say as early as like Rubber Soul or Revolver, which would have been like the mid like 65, 66. Right. Um, that's when they became a little bit more psychedelic. And I even would change their their genre you know early genre i'd say well this is like a british invasion type of pop group and then right. they go more to uh the psychedelic style 
um, and probably invented that for the most part, or, you know, sound more like cream and some of those sixties groups that were having those vibes, um, in towards the end, you know, and granted the Beatles were only around for 10 years. If that, I mean, their last album was released in 70, uh, but I think they recorded in 69 surprising when you think about it for how much they put out and how popular and the impact that they've had to think they were only around for a decade is, is still a little mind blowing to me. Exactly. I mean, because they, you know, and so part of my whole hit, you know, researching aspect is I watch a lot of their documentaries and listen to every single song and so forth. So when you look at their early catalog, I could understand if that was your impression of the Beatles and you just saw, you know, eight days a week or whatever that I would see why you would not get into that. Although those are quality songs and you know, Oh yeah, they are. They, they, they don't necessarily mesh with your, um, musical taste for grunge well, or hard rock or classic my, rock for that matter. My taste at the time. And I think, and I think that's the, the other important distinction. Like I feel like if, if, you know, 16 year old Todd were to, you know, sit down and listen to all of the Beatles, like, I think I would have I would have, you know, experienced them earlier on and been and, and realized, oh, from, you know, r- rubber soul or revolver on, I am actually into this and could dig it. I don't think I would have had I would have had the the open mindedness to I, I, I hate to say put up with, but I think 16 year old Todd would have viewed it as putting up with the, you know, I want to hold your hands and love me do's of the time because that wasn't my taste at the time but now as an adult like i said my 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 tastes have broadened and i've got a little little more of an open mind and like the older stuff is good stuff i i still generally prefer their later work but i think but like i can appreciate their older stuff better whereas i think as a young person i would have been like meh never mind we're we're moving on and like i said unfortunately though that that end of their catalog is more of what I was familiar with and what I, you know, associated with them. Yeah. Well, I think that also goes with the fact that they had, um, two mainstream movies then, you know, they had, uh, the movie help, which, uh, might've been like borderline when they were starting to turn and then a hard day's night. So when you talk about the Beatles, people were talking about their mop tops and, and their, you know, their haircuts and stuff. And that is the, that's the era, you know, and the age uh, right. when they were having that. So that's probably when you say the Beatles, that's what people are picturing. Uh, maybe at the, um, was it Ed, Ed Sullivan? Is that, does that yeah. sound correct? Um, yeah, yeah. The theater. The Sullivan show. Um, yeah. 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 So they were at the, uh, Ed Sullivan theater and that's where you, you know, probably the mainstream and everybody saw on television. I think it was one of the most, you know, most viewed programs. And then you see like they were at Shea stadium and these are all the, you know, the iconic, you know, pictures through and videos throughout the years and it turns out oh, all the for, all the young girls losing their minds and everything yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah and then they stopped touring uh, john lennon even uh, said you know the fact is like they couldn't even hear him so it wasn't even like they could have played anything they could sang anything you couldn't even hear yourself playing or singing it was just you know and then you start seeing the experimental phase and this is probably where you and i both start liking the beatles and their catalog even more Uh, When they start getting to these songs where you couldn't even live perform them, they became more tricks, you know, Uh, a song like Tomorrow Never Knows is to me like a a pure work of art. And there's no way you could ever perform that live, you know, no, no, they stopped touring. And then so when you're stopped touring and you don't get these iconic shots anymore, 
you know, in your brain, you start thinking the Beatles of these, you know, guys with the bowl cut haircuts and not so much the later stuff. Well, I think that's maybe another thing that might have worked against them in my brain is because, you know, all that footage is of, you know, they show up and the girls fainting and losing their minds and whatever. And I mean, don't quote me on this, you know, you or anyone else on the Internet, but in my brain, at least, they were like the original boy band, which is fine. And if you're into boy bands, that's your thing. But again, Teen Todd existed in a time where you couldn't swing a dead cat without having to deal with, you know, um, new kids on the block or boys to men. And that was just the antithesis of what I was into. And thinking that the Beatles are a boy band, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not into this. You know, I'm, I'd rather, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll crank up some Nirvana and call this good. And, you know, the, the irony of the young person who has all the time in the world but feels like, nah, I ain't got time for this. I got more important things to do, I think falls into play here. Unfairly, but I think that's that's another thing that kind of made it so it was made me a, a late bloomer Beatles wise. Yeah, I think it just so happened I was in seventh grade and I don't remember if it was called the variety show or the talent show or whatever. Basically, uh, at our middle school, there was a talent show where every class had to sing and then they picked a general theme. And for seventh grade, they picked the Beatles and we were selected to sing Penny Lane. Um, So right off the get go, we were kind of in that mixture of, you know, starting to become more of a psychedelic kind of not poppy. I mean, although Penny Lane is a song that you hear on classic rock, it is in their later catalog. Um, So that is where I started getting introduced. And I think we also sang um, Let It Be. Uh, for the final song or whatever. So, I mean, but but honestly, I got to hear most of the popular songs through that talent show. And although okay. we were definitely um, exposed to it as children with, with our father, um, that was probably where I started picking up. And, and I also remember my seventh grade teacher would play the oldies while we do tests and junk like that. And you'd yeah. hear a lot of the Beatles songs. So, I mean, that's probably what stirred up my interest, not let alone that the Beatles anthology was a huge, um, you know, a huge thing come out like 95, 96, 97, you know, right. uh, and, and that was a pretty big deal that it went on, uh, probably broadcast. It was on ABC or CBS or whatever. And I remember dad, he had actually the TV guide and I still have the TV guide he bought that has the Beatles anthology on the cover. Uh, and then he nice. recorded, he recorded the actual shows on VHS and, a buddy of mine who had a, uh, a a dad that was a bassist in a local band, he was also into music. So we would watch the Beatles anthology over and over. And nice. uh, essentially that would probably be the, the foundation for why I enjoyed the Beatles. Right. Come to, and then once you get to actual opportunity to start listening to all their stuff, then you're yeah. like, oh, this is um, tremendous. So, oh, yeah. um, so well, I think and- talk. Yeah, and the and the reason I got Sergeant Pepper's was I remember you know because Dad had Dad had you know if not all their albums most of their albums you know the the U.S. releases anyway, um, and when he got a CD player I remember he got Sergeant Pepper's on CD like I don't know how many CDs he had but I remember he had gotten Sergeant Pepper's and I remember him listening to that and I remember you know on at least a couple of occasions because you know. Dad was a big audio guy, and, you know, he – I don't want to say he was weird about us touching his stuff, 
but he was kind of like you weren't allowed to touch his, his his records. Like I don't know if that changed by the time you grew up or whatever. But when I was young, like you did not look at the record player wrong, you know. And there was a point where we were allowed to, where I was allowed to. Okay, you can you know use the CDs, but be careful with them, you know whatever. And I remember, you know, they went to the store or something, and I was home alone, and I would put on like um, and that's why you know years later when I'm like you know out, you know back when CD stores were a thing, and I'm like, hey, you know I'll get some Beatles. This will remind me of you know being home and being with dad, you know whatever. And so, you know that's why, but. Yeah, I think like when uh, the anthology came out, I would have been in the Navy. And also, like you say, with the anthology stuff and stuff being on TV, I was in barracks and stuff and either didn't have a TV or wasn't watching TV anyway. I was too busy either drinking or playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities that have been there that I either passed by or just barely missed through weird circumstances. And, you know, but I'm here now and I've heard it all and I've enjoyed it. And and, you know. I'm much happier for that. Yeah, I think so. Most people probably deem uh, Sergeant Pepper as being their uh, their best album or their most popular. But after you give us a, a, your uh, message here, Todd. Uh, OK, we're going to go ahead and talk about maybe our favorite albums. I like when buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken. But those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Benline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection. Justinbenline.com. No personality, no problem. Be beige. Todd, so so Sergeant Pepper's was, I, and I actually have that same CD that uh, that Dad had. So I actually have that's the only CD he had for the Beatles. Uh, okay, he did have thought. almost nearly every record. So I still have all those, with the exception of maybe Revolver, because I think I um, I uh, gifted that to you. I was say um, I know where Revolver is because I have that one. And so, if we're talking favorite albums, I, I honestly think Revolver might actually be my favorite. Like yeah. I started with Sergeant Pepper and it's solid. It's good. I've listened to the hell out of that, that, that album. But uh, I actually think I like Revolver, I think maybe, maybe the most. So Revolver, and for those playing along at home, Revolver has some hits as Eleanor Rigby, which is a tremendous mm-hmm. little two-minute song. It's probably, probably the best. I mean, if there's going to be a song that's only two minutes and eight seconds, uh, Eleanor Rigby is going to be the number one. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's amazing. No, it, um, it packs a lot of fantastic into a short time span. Absolutely. I mentioned Tomorrow Never Knows. I think that is the um, the gateway. In a sense, that song right there leads uh, perfectly to a Sgt. Pepper's style album. Um, mm-hmm. Other songs you might know, Yellow Submarine is on that album, which is awesome. Um, but Taxman and um, yep. a sleeper hit, Good Day Sunshine, which is, a, mm-hmm. in my opinion. So there are some really good songs in Revolver. It plays really well. Todd, would you have a guess what my favorite album is? And this is, I, I can tell you, not only mathematically did it check out, but also it was my favorite prior to. Uh, so my emotions are the same. Um, you... I, 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 you know, you, you're asking me to guess, but I know this answer. Um, 
for 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 a variety of reasons, really. Um, but not least of which is when we were hanging out at the time, and you you did you know bestow revolver around me. Um, I asked about you know what I think might very well be my second favorite album, and you're like, uh, no, that is that is that is my favorite. I listened to that while I was getting ready for my wedding. You can't have it. Uh, that's mine. I'm like, no, that's cool. I can dig it. Um, and that would be Abbey Road. That is, you are absolutely correct. I can't believe you even list, you remember the wedding aspect. Um, but oh, yes, yeah. in, in, well, cause that their... was the, because, cause I was, I, you know, I was fully prepared to, to not, not necessarily fight you fisticuffs, fisticuffs style, <laughs> but, but to have a, you know, a, a heated, you know, passionate debate about, oh no, really this, 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 you've got this, this, and this, I should have this. Come on. All I'm asking for is this. And you're like, oh no, this is. This is what we wedding prep to, and I'm like that. That ends this. If you, you know that that those are those are serious deep cut memories. I'm not messing with that. You 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 have this. You 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 deserve it. So yeah. Oh yeah. That very that no, very I, much stuck out in my mind. Yeah, Abbey Road um, is my personal favorite. It is a combination. I will tell you this. So um, when going through and starting to rank and stuff, I like to go through the genres and kind mm-hmm. of figure out which album, like what song is. And this was one that I went through. And it's beautiful that almost every single song on the album is considered a different style genre. It is just beautifully made. Oh, yeah. um, there, there's so much, you know, there's like classic rock aspect. There, one was called Swamp Rock, which, uh, you know, I'm not sure what Swamp Rock would be, but it is considered. Um, okay. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of a variety on this, but I personally loved like the medleys of one song bleeds right to another that that's exactly what i was going to say like i like I, I like all the songs individually but there's just something to me that's extra appealing and pleasing that they like i think it's like side b like you could just play that end to end and it all just goes from one to the other so well oh yes and it, yes when i'm listening to it and it's on shuffle and one of them comes up out of that sequence it kind of hurts a little that it's not yeah. just part of the whole thing. No, I get, I absolutely get where you're coming from on that. Yeah. So the, this was, I believe one of their last, uh, it might've been their last actual studio recording Abbey road. Now let it be was a album that came out afterwards, but I believe that was mostly George Martin putting together their album. And I, I feel it. like I read that somewhere where they like, it, it wasn't them all together as an album. It was sort of assembled. It was sort of a collage sort of a thing yeah yeah so so i mean i think abbey road is their best although like we're talking in a grand scheme with my ranking system there are you know abbey road is number one but it's not very far behind um you know there's and this could be a cheater win because magical mystery tour um is is kind of a soundtrack but it's also yeah. kind of like a compilation, but it's also was released as a, you know, a collection of their hits that weren't anywhere else. So right. it, it is kind of like yeah, a great hit. So it's, yeah. it's kind of cheating, but it's not because it's not like they just took, it's not their greatest hits. These are all songs that were maybe right. released as singles, but, um, and then I have revolver and then you actually get Sergeant Pepper. So in most people's case, they would say Sergeant Pepper's number one. But when I do the math, there's still three or four that are above it in my collective scoring, which so, I'm not saying so, is for everyone. So mystery tour comes in as number two for you. Absolutely. Listen, listen, huh, let, let me tell you that's, the that's song. Interesting. Well, no, listen to the songs be- on mystery tour. Okay. Right. Uh, all right. So you have 
Um, I am the walrus. Hello, goodbye. Strawberry fields forever. Penny lane. All you need is love. Um, and then you have, you know, then there's, then there's the normal magical mystery tour, the full on the hill, a wonderful, honestly, a very underrated song called flying, which is just an instrumental, but it's two minutes and 17 seconds. And it's just, it's great. Uh, you get blue Jay way, which is probably the worst one on there. And I think another sleeper hit is called your mother should know. I think that is a a very good song. I I enjoy your mother should know. So I think, I I think the one I've got is it maybe it's an it's 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 a you know different edition or an expanded cut it's got like a bunch of like soundtrack like musical stuff from the movie and because of that in my in my personal view that 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 sort of tanked it like no i could understand that just named are solid but it's got a bunch of other like soundtrack background music type stuff that in my mental math because i haven't done the actual work like you've done but in my mental math drops that several places yeah you need to get rid of that version and get like a real version (laughs) okay okay Um, fair enough i mean i think this one came from a re-release uh several years back they the beatles released um the box set uh with some type of remastered or whatever and that's the version that i have okay okay Um, so we are uh that's what i'm looking at but in general in general if if you look at my rankings and this would probably be very true for you you get their their later stuff higher in the ranks and then when you look at their bottom it's the please please me that's their lowest ranking album for me and that's their first album then you got with the beatles beatles for sale hard day's night you know so right not surprising and, and to be quite honest, the White Album would do better if it didn't have Revolution Number Nine, which basically, you know, getting a one-star song could really tank an album, you know. Right. Um, but so so out of albums, we've we've discussed Revolver and and Sergeant Pepper's and so forth. Now, if we talk about songs, where do you feel number one? What do you think if you had to say your favorite Beatles song? And or maybe a couple sleeper hits that you probably think that go against um, the grain and you like a lot more than maybe the popularity or, you know, <sighs> um, this is this is this is this is probably going to show some of the, the the more punk rock heavier end of, of my taste. And I don't know that I'd say it's my favorite, but I, it's hard for me to say a favorite, which sounds super cliche. But no, it is. It's not, difficult. Having, having not quantified it, it's 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 legit. Um, but I, I can I can tell you some that I'm definitely super fond of, and probably for different reasons. Um, Helter Skelter, I'm a big fan of, up mm-hmm. until the end. Like like at the end, it starts to get a little little noisy and tends to go on a little bit for me. But that doesn't that doesn't take away from I I really enjoy Helter Skelter. Um, yesterday is. It's a real contender for top spot. I, I, it's 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 really well done. I really like it. Um, I know if I were to try and quantify, my math would be completely screwed up because uh, I listen to music as I go to sleep, and I've got some playlists that are like you know sort of chill songs, good stuff to you know drift off to. And I would be hard pressed to think of a one of my you know go to sleep playlists that doesn't have yesterday on it. And so the play count through that one is just through the roof. Um, no, I, I would say yesterday and Helter Skelter might be the, 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 like the most polar opposite songs. 
from oh, the absolutely. Beatles catalog. A- absolutely. Uh, in, in, no doubt. Um, Eleanor Rigby is definitely up there um, in terms of in terms of favorites. Um, I can tell you the song that I almost always skip. And I think in iTunes, I even have it coded possibly so that it doesn't sync. And that would be the, hey, it's your birthday song. Because growing up, listening to the radio, every time they would have some sort of birthday segment, they would segue in with that. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm just so over it at this stage. Uh, uh, it's, not, it's not that it's bad. It's just uh, I, can't, I can't hear this anymore. I think you were telling me, or, or I've, I've heard people say they feel the same way about Taxman. Because, you know, ah. various commercials or when it's, you know, April and people would play the heck out of that. That I don't have that effect on. I really enjoy the hell out of Tax Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, the birthday song just does not do it for me. Um, yeah. The uh, little little thing that I did, have done for the last several years is on my children's birthdays, they usually wake me up and I make them pancakes uh, with food coloring. So I make some ridiculous looking pancakes. But nice. I have on my phone i type in birthday and then we play um that song will play and right. uh there's a weird al song that has a birthday in it there's a chicago yeah. song that has a birthday so we have our own little birthday remix and it just plays over and over in it and i can't say it bothers me but um but i could understand your your problem with that <laughs> um in terms of songs for the beatles i dislike I can tell you there's only one one star for me, and that would be Revolution Number no. 9, which I don't right. feel like I'm being cruel or mean. It is not a song. It is just no, – no. It's – you know. Yeah. Um, no. There, there, uh, there's some twos, not many, and they are from early 1963s and, and stuff like that. There's a song right. called Boys, and there's a song called Matchbox. I believe that Ringo sings. It's just awful. <laughs> um so there's some two stars there, but for the most part, you do get a lot of, uh, you know, there are some threes, um, five stars. There's probably the most five stars out of any group that I've actually ranked or rated, um, for the most part, let me see exactly what the total was there. Are, in my opinion, I have 48, five stars out of 213 songs that qualified. So that's, that's a decent percentage. And out of four stars, I have 115. So together, which give them positive points in my kind of calculation, there's nearly 160 songs that out of 213 that were like worth going on a greatest hits album, which is like unprecedented. Hence why they'll be number one on my list probably forever. Uh, there's not going to be anybody that can compete. No. What, I, I, I've got one more Beatles song that has special meaning to me that I'm, I'm, I'm personally embarrassed I didn't think of sooner. And that is Maxwell Silverhammer. Oh, that's a great that, song. That that is a song that you know I'd never heard previous to my you know recent discovery, and you know I I got all their stuff, and it, you know I go on these you know epic you know walks for lunch, and I I put on my headphones and I listen and you know because I'm you know listening to everything and, and giving them ratings, um, Maxwell Silverhammer came on, and I'm listening to it. And, you know, the music is fantastic. And I'm listening to the lyrics and I'm like, this is straight up about dude killing people with hammers. And this is the Beatles. And it just like blew my mind. Um, And like immediate five star for me. Um, And even more so, you know, I'll, you know, when we're driving in the car as a family, I normally have my, my, my phone plugged in, wired in. I'm, you know, just shuffling songs and the girls 
will sing along with Maxwell Silverhand. And, you know, if you ask, if you ask any of the ladies, like normally when we're in the car and I'm listening to music, I want to hear the music. Like they both have serious self-control problems when it comes to singing along with stuff. And they both have lovely voices, but I'm not here to listen to you in concert. I'm here to listen to this music. And normally like if they start, they start singing along, I'm like, shut up, stop it. Or I'll like skip the track or whatever. Maxwell Silverhammer is one that I, I will will often let slide just because it's 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 a it's a treat for me in a weird warped whatever sense. But I well I, I felt like I need to at get the that next out there. at the next Hersey Fest we will play that and fall along <laughs> with the bouncing ball and we'll have everyone to hear. Um, in in short, my favorite songs and this was difficult because the way I created my list is I did a tournament style and randomized all the greatest hits and did like a single elimination tournament. Um, okay. And instead of you know, and that was probably the easiest way for me to start. Like, all right, all these are five stars. How do you get down to the nitty gritty? Okay. In 2007, on my original list, Strawberry Fields Forever was my top hit. Um, okay. And it made it to the finals, but it was actually trumped by a, a very sleeper hit. Most people probably don't um, even maybe know, but it is the song that I actually danced. It was my uh, the dance I had with mom at our wedding uh, was this song. And also um, also, I recall this song mostly from a documentary that I watched back in the 90s from a dad's VHS. And this was kind of like the culmination. It was like a compilation or a montage of the Beatles' life. And, of course, it's the song In My Life, which is uh, my favorite Beatles song, which is kind of somber. Are you familiar with this song, Todd? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I can respect that. So that is my favorite, and it beat out some tough, tough competition. But that is my favorite song. Um for the Beatles. But Todd, I think you have one more break. And then when we come back, we can talk about um, some of resources and some things when I've researched the Beatles, uh, some things that uh, your users and your listeners can uh, take away and learn more. Sounds good. I look forward to it after the break. And so, yeah, Eric, I, I, you know, if you could tell us, you know, cause you have done a bunch of research and have notes and references and so forth. Um, that you know, I've read and I, I thought was was quite enjoyable. I haven't checked out all of the things yet, um, but if if any of our listeners are interested in, I, I'd like I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. But if any of the listeners are interested in you know following up on that, I will put a link uh, to your post in the in the show notes for the podcast so they can they can follow up. Um, Absolutely, just for so, reference. So yeah, tell, yeah. So tell us, tell us more, Eric. All right. Well, besides the fact that it's kind of talking about numbers and everything that's mostly related to me at the very uh, on most pages, what I've done is uh, kind of I go through and listen to tons of podcasts, watch a lot of videos on YouTube and or movies in general. So, uh, Todd, I found several podcasts that I actually thought were worth linking to. Um, And there are probably I would say there's probably at least 10 good podcasts that's just around the Beatles. Um, That makes sense. One of them that. One of them that I've actually liked was one called Producing the Beatles, which is more about George Martin. And hmm. it talks because he is the unsung hero of the Beatles, in many cases, the fifth Beatle. So there's a podcast uh, that they talk a lot about what he's done and how he, you know, helped. Uh, and I've listened to a lot of those podcasts. Um, there's also one that doesn't isn't Beatles centric, but I really enjoy. And it was called The Great Albums Podcast. In which okay. the hosts kind of take albums that are great 
throughout, you know, uh, history and review those. And they had a great one on the White Album, which is a, a fantastic, you know, album to say the least. Uh, very, oh, yeah. very good stories, backstories, and how it's come about. So um, those are some podcasts that I think are are worth a listen, maybe a subscription if you are into that. Todd, let me ask you: Do you remember um, ever watching a documentary called The Complete Beatles? No, if I had, I probably would have discovered them sooner. Yeah, uh, no. yeah. So it, it, here's here's the other thing, Eric, and which it's, it's, you'll probably also find embarrassing. I've never seen any of the Beatles movies. Help. Okay. Haven't seen it. Uh, I I remember. I think I may have seen a smidgen of Yellow Submarine one day when I was a, a very young person and was like homesick. But because I was homesick, I was kind of you know fading in and out of consciousness and have this sort of mental uh, lock on me that, uh, like, whenever it or the Phantom Tollbooth show up, like, I, I get a little queasy. Like, there's there's some sort of weird, oh, you know, uh, conditioned response thing there. Like, I feel like I, I should probably, you know, take a minute and, 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 and watch Yellow Submarine because it seems like a thing I'd be into now. But, yeah, I've never I've never seen any... any well... Any Beatles, anything, really. If you weren't sick and you were watching The Yellow Submarine on that same exact VHS tape that Dad made, um, The Complete Beatles was a documentary that was made in the 80s that pretty much was the go-to for me when it comes to learning the history about The Beatles and so forth. It it predated the Beatles anthology, which is um, a thing of its own. But the complete right. Beatles, I actually found a YouTube uh, version of it, and I suggest you watch it. Um, it it does a very good job. Uh, but that is where I learned most, and I have a couple links to you know to the complete Beatles, the Beatles anthology. Sometimes you can find it on YouTube. Uh, sometimes okay. you have to you know you might have to purchase it from iTunes. I think um, there are also some decent interviews. Like I like to watch. There was a John Lennon interview on the Tomorrow Show that was pretty interesting. Um, that, uh, you know, it was right before he w- actually it was recorded maybe a year before he was assassinated. But it, it gives you a good look of, you know, the later years. Um, and then you're talking about the movies. Um, I, you know, Hard Day's Night help. Magical Mystery Tour is one that I would say for it is about the most obscure watch that you could have the movie. OK, you won't be able to find it. You have to order it from Amazon. Uh I don't think it streams anywhere. And then the most exclusive thing that I found from eBay was Let It Be, which is um, essentially I heard about it from a podcast, but it was actually a movie that was based off of the recordings. And you could, you know, it was pieced together and it was kind of the Beatles, you know, recording that last album, Let It Be. And they were supposed to air it on television. Um, It never did, obviously, because you know, the whole issue with them breaking up and so forth. But those right. are actually considered the Beatles movies, which is kind of obscure. But uh, there's links where you could actually buy these on eBay and or view these for the diehard Beatles fan or the fan, the person that wants to become a diehard Beatles fan. So there's a couple extra finds that I would suggest you or anyone else that is interested in the Beatles they could find. By heading over to that lovely blog that was made entirely just for me, but now since we're broadcasting in public, <laughs> well, I'll share. Good deal, good deal. So one, one, one quick final thing before before I've got to wrap up because I'm I'm at work. Um, the 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 breakup. So all my life, 
and I think popular popular opinion, popular uh, thought is that you know Yoko broke up the Beatles, and I recently I forget what I, I feel like I it was a, a Nick Offerman book or something that I was listening to, and as I've discovered them and have you know read and, and done you know slightly not nearly the research you've done but a little more depth into it, I'm now led to believe that like. They were starting to part ways anyway, and that Yoko did not actually break up the band. In your research, is that what you found to be the case, or what, what's your take on the, the whole the Beatles breaking up situation? Yeah, that, that's pretty much the case. I, th- I think Yoko is the one that the popular culture wants to blame, but it was apparent that Paul and John were uh, fighting, not necessarily for control, you know, and then you see George and kind of Ringo um, – you know, someone like George, who who was producing very good songs, could not only get one track because that's how it was set. You, George gets one or two songs. Ringo gets a, a, a you know, a campy, you know, he gets to sing along to one or so forth. So right, it was more right. so the ego, not even egos, just the song styles, you know, um, and uh, I guess Paul was kind of controlling in a sense. And, and, and John was naturally a rebel in many aspects. Right. So I think the band just drifted apart just like anyone else. And of course, Yoko was just the fall guy, but right. Um, you know, just because you get the images of her sitting in the, you know, in the recording studio, but that wasn't unusual for other people to have, you know, their family members in the studio. I believe even in the let it be movie that I just discussed, like you see their kids and stuff coming and play and stuff like that. So it was, you know, I think, Yoko gets the blame, but I think the band was disintegrating because of uh, creative differences and or like they all were stars. Every single one of them were stars that could shine on their own as evidenced by, you know, the longevity of Ringo. Uh, George was a tremendous, um, you know, uh, guitar player, songwriter, uh, singer, all that. You know, he had a long career and worked with a lot of, you know, many individuals and John for as short as his career was based off of, uh, you know, his death in the eighties. I mean, he's produced just, uh, gems. And I think oh, he, yeah. he took a long time. He took a lot of time off and, and Paul McCartney's still touring today and, um, has left his mark. So I think the Beatles as a whole, as a collective group for that seven years, I mean, to put out as many good songs as they have, it's, it's going to be unprecedented. And it, like, for me, they're always probably going to be number one, unless some, you know, very, you know, niche act comes out there and dethrones them in my eyes. But I could right, see why right. the majority of folk would have the Beatles in their top 10 of groups, oh, yeah. regardless, you know, anyone that likes the classic rock genre. Uh, I mean, you can't really. Well, well, and like you said, so many genres, like they covered so many bases, like, I, I'm a huge fan of Led Zeppelin, but all of Led Zeppelin can be summed up to, you know, classic rock slash hard rock, you, you know, like, you know, like it's all, it's all good, but it's all sort of the same. Whereas the, the, the Beatles were all over the board and all of it was very good. Like, you, you know, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think they're, you know, well-deserved in terms of, you know, their, their popularity and their impact on, on culture and everything. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, so I think um, this puts a nice little bow on the Beatles. Now, Todd, if this is a success and, and we actually have people that like this kind of thing, um, would you like a little um, a glimpse into the future of number two? I absolutely would, and, I, I, and I'll just go ahead and say uh, I, I intend to make this you know, uh, something of a regular feature here on the Toddcast. So what's, what, what is coming up for number two on, on Todd, the Eric list? At I have, 
I have a feeling you're going to have a less opinion or a less good opinion, I should say, and <laughs> might have to do a little bit of research and, and pulling up Spotify to, to listen to what is a cult classic for me, but might not be a, a big favorite for everyone else. But it is the band Journey, and we will dive into the history of prog rock before Steve Perry and the many replacements to Steve Perry. So <laughs> I can talk for hours and you will be uh, you might be enlightened. And I hope to, you know, allow you to discover some of the un, you know, the, the hidden gems of Journey. So I think that'll be well, an interesting. Listen for you. And you're right, because uh, I'm familiar with Journey again. You know, they're they're the radio hits. I don't think I have any Journey to speak of in my current catalog and I might have to uh I might have to correct that uh for our next our next get together so cool deal awesome well thank you Eric for for sharing your your in-depth research and your hard work uh with me and the listeners I know I've enjoyed it I hope everyone else did and uh, until next time I hope you all have a good one Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. At this point in time, Todd has either muted us, or is he, he is in a far dead zone that is beyond repair, to the point where we'll have to edit this out because he's probably going on a long tirade about the Beatles in which we will not get to hear this. This is just for you and me, the audience. Or the opposite. You are the audience. I am Eric Hersey. We might hear this. We might not. Yeah, so that's what happens apparently when I'm driving in and one of my people calls me in to call off sick. Oh, okay. <laughs>